And we shall begin. Welcome back to the bi-weekly lecture series with Reb T, the show where we talk a topic per session with some practical lessons. This topic this week, we're talking negate the zero, become your own hero. We'll talk about what that means. Sources are from Sepharia. I love that website. Unless noted otherwise, they have a, an o- enormous amount of information. All these sources I never would even think of or hear of. Try them out. They're great. Look out for the points to carry over. Of course, the PTCs, they are bolded, underlined, and italicized. All the Shiram are on the wonderful, wonderful website. Thanks to Sheer Enjoyment for starting us on this process, putting up all our Shiram, including these. SheerEnjoyment.com slash Shiram slash Shiram dash Reb dash T. Shout out to Jake W of Sheer Enjoyment, who does wonderful, wonderful work. Helps us so much. Everyone should donate when they can to Sheer Enjoyment, a wonderful website. If you want to email us, of course, we have an email at rebt at sheerenjoyment.com. We dedicate the Sheer for the Refuah Shalema of all those who need a Refuah Shalema or Yeshua Bekarov, all those sick with Corona or other ailments, and of course, a continued Refuah Shalema for Sarah Adol Baschan Aleam and Shlomo Ben Saradina. So for this week's idea, I was thinking about what to talk about. And when we think about Corona times, the idea of a hero comes to mind. Everyone talks about the workers now, the healthcare workers, the sanitation workers, the mail workers, everyone who had to work during quarantine. And of course, they are heroes. And it makes me at least feel like, what can we look at for ourselves to be our own kind of a hero? The definition of a hero we'll talk about in a second has a specific definition, but how can we apply that to our own life? Because what do you think of when you hear the word hero? What comes to mind with the use of such a term? Is it the comic book legends or the main characters in books, movies, or TV shows? Why would that be the right definition of what a true hero really is? The dictionary defines a hero as a person who is admired or he's idealized for, co- for courage, for outstanding achievements, or for noble qualities. And we're going to pick up on these different terms throughout the lecture, what courage is and sources and noble and, and strength, things like that we're going to talk about. But very often the idea, this idea of what the hero quote-unquote means is immortalized and is made larger than life, which makes it feel like for the rest of us unattainable or impossible for the common person to achieve. I could never be a hero. Look what he or she did. That's a real hero. What am I? I'm zero compared to that. We even tend to think of heroes in our history. Excuse me. And Lahabdul Tanakh as infallible, picture-perfect images, pictures of people that itself seems impossible to reach. How could we be like those people? We can't even touch the surface of such a per- of a, such a person. We think of the Avos, we think of leaders, the kings, the prophets, the Shvatim, the Amoram, the Tanaim, and the Gemara, and the Mishnah, and the commentators, late and early commentators. We think of these people as amazingly heroic, super, super people that we could never reach. It doesn't help. When we read novels, even Jewish novels of great people that depict these people as pure angels who never had a struggle, never did a struggle, never had any issues with sins or anything like the rest of us in our own lives. And that's that's a troublesome thing because we can't relate to that. It's hard to connect to that. But if we think about how our leaders are portrayed in Tanakh, if we think about how our, our leaders are shown and depicted throughout the five books of the Torah, throughout Nevi'im and Kesuvim, it's fascinating to see what Hashem did. He specifically, he specifically put the fault in our ancestors and heroes and our leaders in the text, in the actual Tanakh, in the Chumash and the Navi and the Kesuvim. The stories don't per- seem to portray the characters in always the best light. For example, Yaakov having to get the brachos in a deceitful way, putting on the fur of Esav. Avram having to send away Yishmael was anathema to his actual nature, his actual traits of chesed. Moshe getting angry at the Jews in the desert. Not really great times in these people's lives. Not really something that they want to be shown. The brothers selling Yosef, not a highlight in their life either. And different aspects of different people doesn't really show them in the best way. We have to remember... And look at the fact that we're looking at people and we're looking at their aspects within the Tanakh. You think of this story such as Yehud and Tamar, also a crazy story, but it's in the Tanakh to show that people are not infallible. Dovin and Batshev, of course, the Gemara talks about how technically there wasn't anything wrong. Anyone who talks about it and says it was bad is not right. 
but the story itself, even at the surface, showing the fact that heroes in Tanakh are a different definition of what a hero really is. We need to negate the fact, the concept of zero, comparing ourselves to other people, and realize what a true hero means. We have to realize what this definition is, and realize that the definition of a hero is vastly different, especially defined by Jewish terms, which we'll talk about in a minute. We need to negate the feeling of zero, and realize we all have true worth, True ability to be our own heroes by conquering that which is ever present and within every single one of our lives, our own wars, our own battles, our own struggles, which often happen daily. We should definitely be careful to reiterate not to idolize heroes and realize they are fallible and human and can still have many aspects besides for just the hero one. Especially when we think about how all these people, these public figures, are depicted throughout so many stories in Tanakh, specifically to illustrate this point. We tend to put heroes on pedestals and high planes when in reality that is not the case. In more modern terms, I want to talk to you about the idea of the hero that my wife and I read in all these wonderful Jewish novels or the other novels that people might read. This is the more relatable one, the one of the every man hero, the every woman hero. That's the actual technique of the term used especially by Wikipedia. Look at how Wikipedia defines it. Every man, especially in literature, drama, lahabdil, is an ordinary individual with whom the audience is able to really identify in an easy way. He's usually the main character of the story, the protagonist, whose benign conduct gives an idea to the audience that we can really identify with him or her. They might face an extraordinary challenge and this person mounts an exceptional response, even fulfilling what's called a hero's journey. Like you think about the Iliad, you think about the Odyssey, a regular person goes on to crazy things, even though it's not really realistic or reality, but it's just the idea of going on that journey. You think about what the person does going on the journey throughout the book, they might get exceptional abilities that complement their commonplace humble core. There's also the idea of the every woman too. But this modern every man, this idea, maybe he's an adolescent like in Harry Potter, Lahavdo, the books my wife and I love, or really in general though, it's not really the teenager, really it's not a child and not an elderly person. It's like that average age in between, all those years in between, usually in the story physically unremarkable, though his intelligence and integrity may be something appreciated, but really doesn't have the privilege of authority, doesn't have the privilege of prosperity, usually he's a middle class guy, a regular guy, or the lower class with the rest of society, but he has moral idealism, he has yearning for success and foresight to think about the future for his family or life. But he has a modest means that figures out how to deal with life situations with his own virtues, putting him in a role that's valuable to others, escalating his own troubles at times, but still uses resourcefulness, uses sheer power of will to fulfill his ambitions to further the greater good as well. This is the type of character we will try to explain Lahavdim as more realistic and more relatable to everyday life. But my favorite definition, which we're going to focus on as the crux of our lecture, the crux, the crux of our talk tonight, is the idea of looking at the Jewish definition of the everyman hero, a gibor. The gibor is the key to live up to. Still can encapsulate the person that rises to the occasion, someone you look up to, a role model, but it really, it really takes in something else. It's something that's really attainable for each and every one of us, and it's one of my favorite Mishnayos and Perkeavos, my, my favorite safer of all time, which will come back in the fall for season four. You're all welcome to join us on the PAL. Perkeavos learning with Reb T. We talk a Mishnah per day. But in this Mishnah, in Dalit Aleph, Ben Zoma asks many different questions. Ezahu Ashir, Ezahu Gibor. And here we're looking at the Ezahu Gibor. Ezahu Gibor Ben Zoma asks, Who is the mighty one? Who is really the strong one? The answer, Hakovish es Yitzro, he who subdues his evil inclination. And the Pasuk and Mishle points it out. We'll look at the Mishle Pasuk again in a minute. Slow to anger, better than the mighty. Ruling the spirit is better than taking a city. And look at what Ishtakam points out with Rucham of King Foreman's words. The definition of a hero, using the Ezehu Gibar Kovish es Yitzro, tells us a lot of things. Jewish bravery is not public, it's not loud, it's not in your face. We don't need the guns, we don't need the muscles. 
We don't need the swords. You're not going to find the sheriff taking out his gun and shooting down the whole Western civilization in the middle of Yahapitzville, in the middle of the desert, getting down the evil guys while the townsfolk follow and watch in their windows. That's for the Western movies. That's not what we're talking about in real life. In real life, Jewish bravery is quiet. It's muted. It's the battles that take place in your mind, in your life. In your soul, the struggles that are everyday moments, whether you're 4 or 40. The concept of courage is not meaning an act that's grandiose, larger than life, jumping into a fiery burning building. That's not what we're talking about here. You don't have to grow up to be a hero. You can be a hero today. You could be a hero right now in your own life. Think about this amazing story we found from the Legends of the Jews, a very famous story They quote, Talking about Moshe Rabbeinu, I love this story. He was talking about this this commentary. He's talking about Moshe Rabbeinu that he has strength of will and natural capacity, but taking an evil disposition and putting into an exalted purpose, into a noble character, a change that he himself worked on throughout his life. Look at this. The Jews come out of Egypt. The Jews come out with Yitzhak Mitzrayim. The whole world is thunderstruck, except for Amalek, of course. Nothing could deter Amalek. But besides for that. A king of Arabia sends his artist to Moshe Rabbeinu to paint his picture, to paint a portrait of Moshe. Back in the day, they had no cameras, they had no cell phones. Gasp! What would we do? How could we live without cell phones? Well, they did it for hundreds of thousands of years. They had no cell phones, no pictures, no uh, no uh, whatever, Instagram, Pinterest, any of those things. You had to go to the person and paint him. What a concept. Paintings are fascinating in general, but not for now. The painter goes to paint Moshe Rabbeinu that he always has the likeness of this divine man in front of him. The painter comes back to the king of Arabia with his handiwork. The king assembles his wise men, those who are very knowledgeable in what's called physiognomy. Studying a picture, study his portrait to understand the elements behind the picture, to understand the elements of the person in the picture. So he gets his people together, he assembles his men, he displays the portrait, the picture in front of him, and he asks for their judgment. Everyone agrees about the picture. Unanimous decision that it represents a man who's covetous, has a lot of, has a lot of jealousy and wants things. He's haughty, sensual, disfigured by so many possible ugly traits. Can you imagine? They say that the great Moshe Rabbeinu had all of these traits. The king was furious indignant that they could pretend to be these masters in physiognomy, seeing that they declare this picture, the divine man, as a villain. They defended themselves by saying the painter didn't do a good job. It's not our fault. He didn't do a good picture. We're just saying what we saw in the picture. And they wouldn't have said such a thing had the picture been better, but the artist insisted that my picture is exactly like the picture of Moshe Rabbeinu. The picture I made looks exactly like him. Go look for yourself. Arabian king didn't know what to do. So he goes, he does not know what to, to, who's right. The picture, people that did it, the people that explained it, who's right? I don't know. I have to go see him myself. He couldn't, and he couldn't figure out who was right, but he realized the picture was a masterpiece. Beautiful picture. Moshe really looked great in the picture. So he goes to look at Moshe in person, and Moshe in person looks exactly like Moshe in the picture. What? Moshe exactly like that? How could it be? There could be no doubt. That they really know what they were talking about. It really, really is Moshe. So he told Moshe what happened and what he thought of it. How could it be that you, this great divine man, could have such an effect in the picture to have all these traits? He replies, the artist and experts are both masters, each in their own way. If my qualities, my fine qualities, were from nature, I would be no better than wood. A piece of wood, which is forever like nature made it at first. Unashamed, I confess to thee, I confess to you, my nature, I possess all these terrible traits that the people saw in my picture. Maybe even more than they thought. Maybe into a higher level than they thought. Can you imagine? This is the godless, the greatness of Moshe, so humble. He immediately tells these random people all of his inner workings. But I mastered my evil inclination. I mastered my evil impulses. With my strong will, that's the characteristic of strength of a real hero. And it took severe discipline, the opposite of what I was born with, to do this. Through this change, I was able to earn honor and to earn all these wonderful things on earth. So the great Moshe Rabbeinu is born with very difficult traits, very difficult inherent aspects and qualities to his life. 
He works his whole life to change his inners, but his outers still reflect the fact that those are in him, that those traits are in him, and he has to fight them and deal with them every day. Just like the Gemara and Sukkah explains, Rabbi Shimon Belakish says that the person's evil inclination, the person's Yetzirah tries to kill him, overcome him every single day. As it says, the wicked watches the righteous and seeks to kill him, talking about the Yetzirah. If it were not for Hashem himself, to assist the person with the good inclination, the Yetzirah, which only kicks in much later in life, we'll talk about later, he would not overcome it, as it says, Hashem will not leave him in his hand or suffer when he is condemned to and he is judged. So who then, I reiterate the question, who then is the real hero? Who to you is a real warrior? Who to you is a real role model, someone you could really look up to? The one who fights the inner battles, the battles all around them in their own homes and lives. The real heroes are those people we don't hear about. The people we don't see, the people we don't know about, the people who struggle with things we have no idea. The daily battles, the daily fights, literally and figuratively, within oneself and within one's surroundings and life situations. So many people may struggle with illnesses, physical or mental, afflictions, addictions, wants and relapses we wouldn't even know about it. They struggle silently in their own lives, behind their own four walls, and we never really know what goes on in people's houses behind closed doors, behind closed eyes. They say the eyes are the windows to the soul, but you never really know what's going on behind those eyes inside the soul. Think about the real hero that it could present in so many ways. Think about a person who has an insatiable need to smell trafe, to smell non-kosher. He loves the smell of McDonald's and so often he takes the route home that purposely puts him by McDonald's. But one day he says, I can't do this anymore. I won't do this anymore. I know it's wrong to smell it. I want that meat. I desire that meat. I love the smell of that cheeseburger. But today, today I will not succumb to the urge. I will walk a different way home. That is a hero. What about the person who loves to gossip, loves Lush and Hara, but doesn't want to join that mitzvah meeting? Think about so many meetings that start off as mitzvahs and so easily degrade into Lush and Hara. Rechilus, Moti Shemra, Avak Lush and Hara. You heard what happened to Shandal Sprint Sara? Oh my gosh, what, what in the world? They lost all their money. Oh my gosh, they had to move to a tiny apartment. You know what the husband did? It starts off as a mitzvah meeting, but it becomes a Lush and Hara meeting. And this person says, Today I will not succumb. Today I will not fall prey to that meeting. I will not. Instead, I will stay home. I will do a mitzvah. You tell me this is a mitzvah meeting and a main meeting. We'll do brachos. I could do brachos at home and I won't succumb to anyone talking bad about anyone else. I will not be present there. Interestingly, we talked about this on the show the other night, one of my shows the other night. The teeth, the tongue, and the lips. Three protections. The only body element I could think of that has three barriers to the organ beneath it. You want to speak, Hashem gives you three ways to stop yourself from speaking Lashon Hara. Ears have only the canal, it goes all the way in and right out. The ears can hear things. But the mouth has the lips, the tongue, and the teeth. Three fail-safe mechanisms. They're supposed to be fail-safe not to talk Lashon Hara. Why else does Hashem give us three aspects to try to stop talking? Our eyes only have eyelids and our hands, I guess you could use also. The nose, it just goes right up the nose and the ears, it goes in the ears. But the mouth has three ways to try to stop you from talking Lashon Hara. Nothing else is like that. So if you have this, the urge and you stay home, that is also a hero. What about the parents struggling with so many little kids trying to go about dinner but get so angry, so annoyed at their kids, they're about to scream at their kids and they say, No, today I won't do it. Today I will stop. Today I will figure out a way to suppress the rage, suppress the anger, suppress the annoyance. And I will smile at my child and my children. I will talk to them, I'll laugh with them instead of being so mad that they toppled over the whole pot of onions, the whole thing of soup, the whole chocolate milk. May or may not be personal examples. I will not explain. I will not divulge. But the person who doesn't get angry at the dinner, at the, at the children, walking around with family members, it's so easy to get mad, but they say that they won't get mad. That is a hero. What about the loan officer? who easily could make $5,000 in five minutes work by charging 6.2% interest, when really he should be charging zero interest, especially to a fellow Jew, low, low, 
whatever the words are, you should not take from your fellow Jew. He doesn't take the interest at work. He could have made thousands. Hashem knows what he did. That is a hero. The overeating food, he resists the urge to go by and eat in another food shop. I have such a need, such a desire to eat food, I can't help it. But today, today I can help it. Today I stop myself from eating more. That and these are all examples of the real heroes within and among us. The person who fights against their urges, their wants, who stands up every day as a soldier in the army of Hashem, to take the evil inclination down, these people are the real heroes. And these heroes are really all of us. We just don't realize it or know it yet. Join me on this journey now and we'll see sources of what it really means to be an every man, everyday hero. We start out looking at different dictionary definitions with Klein and Jastro of what a real hero encompasses. Someone who's mighty, courageous, valiant, heroic, a warrior, a hero. Someone who's brave, a hero. Someone who's strong, brave, mighty is the hero. Someone who's strong, bold, and courageous is the hero. Someone who has strength, valor, might, and courage and shows heroism, that's a hero. Someone who's strong, mighty, eminent, and noble, that's the hero. Someone who's great, large, big, strong, noble, and honored, this is the hero. And someone who sanctifies Hashem's name with noble deeds, that is the hero. Klein Jastro shows to us different definitions what it can encompass someone who is a hero. Someone who's heroic working inside themselves and in society and the world to make the world better, fighting the good fight against the evil inclination. The man, the major pasuk from Mishlei is Tov Erech Apai Migibor Umosha Baruch HaMilochet Ir The one that withholds his wrath is greater than the hero because that hero physical is not what we're talking about. The ruler of his spirit, the conqueror of his evil inclination, is better than the conqueror of a city. Orachim points out Gibor is an allusion to Gevura, heroism or bravery, especially fighting the inner battles. You think about, Orachim points out Yitzchak, goes all the way back to Yitzchak. Avram was Chesed, stood for Chesed. Yaakov stood for MS, but Yitzchak, the forefather that's seen as the bridge, but really in and of itself, he had the ability to transfer leadership from his dad to his son. He had the strength to stand up to do the Akedah. It goes back to Yitzchak to have that real Gevura. Our first point to take home is the true definition of a hero is one who is fighting the good fight within himself to overcome his struggles with character and conviction and not just physical strength. The good fight is worth fighting every day we're alive, every day we're around. Perke Elvis, my favorite. We have a couple of Perke Elvis here, of course. In Parakei Mishnah Yudalev, there are four types of character traits among someone. There's four types of people who are able to work on their temperaments. Arba Midos Badeos. There are four types of temperaments. Kasha Lichos, Benoach Lirtzos Chasid. Someone who is hard to become angry. Easy to become appeased. This is a pious person, but the opposite, easy to become angry, hard to be appeased, that's the worst. That's a wicked person. So you work on yourself on your anger. You work on yourself to easily be appeased. You work on yourself to fight anger, to fight arrogance. The Rambam points out those are the two things that should be avoided in the extreme. And that makes you into someone who can conquer your heroism to become someone who works on your inner traits. The Improved Moral Qualities points out easy, someone who's slow to anger and quickly appeased is the most praiseworthy one. This is the virtue of a noble person, an excellent person, quality that has to be found in a person who fights the fight inside themselves. Another mission on Pirkei Elvis, Yehuda ben Tema Omer. Yehuda ben Tema says, Gibor ka'ari Yehuda ben Tema says, you should be as strong, as brave as a lion. Why is a lion the one that's talked about? Why is a lion the example of the animal we should emulate, talking about being brave and strong? We'll pick on that in a second. That's to do the will of your Father in Heaven. He is the type of being, animal, you should try to emulate, to do the service of Hashem, to fight the inner battles and the outer battles. Ebenezer points out, you have to be courageous and brave in any place where you do battle, inside your soul, inside your being, inside your house, inside your job, anywhere you go, you fight the good fight, you become brave and courageous and battle the Yetzirah. Pirkei Elvis says in Dalit Tedvav, 
They have a son of Arias again, the lion. Why the lion? You have to be a tail to lions, not a head to foxes. It's better to grasp the coattails of the Chachamim than to be a head of a leader of fools or to be a head of a leader of boars. We have to be in the right situation. That's why it's better to be the head than the tail. The Tosos Yamta points out, picks up why it's better to be the lion. The lion is the most honored and ruler over all the animals. If you ever saw the Lion King, they literally are the king of the animals. The lion is strong, is courageous, is powerful, is brave. They possess great strength and courage, and it stands for the Torah personality. The one who has great strength to possess the yoke of Torah, to take the idea of Torah and use it to fight the good fights every day you can that you're on this earth. Kitzur Shulchanach also points out it's a reference to the heart. True valor is in serving Hashem. It emanates from the heart. You have to strengthen your heart to serve Hashem, overcome your Yitzhahara like a hero triumphs over his enemy, defeating him, throwing him to the earth. You subdue your soul's anger. You prevail upon the nature to restrain it. The approval of all qualities explains that is a noble example, a noble characteristic to keep in your life. It's exalted. Shekel HaKodesh points out, you have to be a hero in the fight, even amid all provocation, which we'll talk about a little later. And you have to stand up and fight everywhere you go, everywhere you are. The Yetzirah is always with you. It never leaves you alone. It never goes away from you. It's always with you in your life, everywhere you walk, everywhere you go. Or Chaim points out, the Jewish person has to vanquish his evil urge. Our Pasukim talk is that even when we were first born, the soul is given the evil urge right away. And we have to get over it. It's a Melchama. It's a war. Our sages had this in mind when we talked about Eza Hugibar Kovish Yitzra, the true hero, the person that conquers his temptation. That's the real hero. That's the key, the secret of being your own hero. The reason the Torah doesn't write Le Melchama except La Melchama. It doesn't say to any war. Le Melchama would be any war. It says Leha Melchama. La Melchama in modern Hebrew. Leha La. La Melchama. To the war. What war? What do you mean the war? The well known war is the war we're talking about against the Yed Sahara. Not Le Melchama. La Melchama. Sometimes one letter, one pronunciation, one Nakuda makes all the difference. In the world, the real hero, then the next point to take home is the one fighting the internal battles that no one even knows about. And what do we mean, Aloyvecha, on your enemies, against your enemies in the middle of Devarim? Or Achaim points out, we're talking about not a military hero. He goes, he conquers the city. Wow, look at me. Hoo ha, hoo ha. I'm the conqueror of the city. I'm so strong. I'm like Samson, man. I'm, I got the muscles, I got the strength, I got the guns. We are not talking about a military hero. He goes, he conquers the city. Then he rests on his laurels and he's done. He puts up his feet. I, I did it. I'm Alexander the Great. I got all of my provinces from here until who knows your hobbits. And now I go home and I sit in my office. No, it's a war. Even if you relax your guard for a second, you're dead. You're done. He'll knock you down. You can't. You cannot rest for one second. The enemy, Ariad Sahara, will destroy you if you rest for even a minute. The evil urge, the evil inclination is a really tough adversary. His resources are stronger than any human on earth. The only way we could do it is when Hashem gives us the power, Hashem gives us the koach through the use of Torah. If we're actively engaged in fighting Him, when Hashem, when you go out to war, Hashem will give you the enemies if you use the Torah in the right way. You go out, Hashem will lead you on the right path to do so. A lot of times we won't kill him, we won't destroy him. You might win one war one day, but all the battles continue every day. The best we could hope for sometimes is that he will disappear for a while. Yeah, so a person has this need for smelling the McDonald's we talk about. So he did well on Tuesday. What happens in three Tuesdays for now? Is he still that strong? Every day he has to get up, stand up, and overcome the need to smell that McDonald's on a small level. There's, of course, much more big examples of people's addictions, afflictions, and needs and wants i.e. alcohol and the like, we're not going to go there. For example, we're going to keep it much simpler. He needs the smell, but he goes on one Tuesday. doesn't mean the next Tuesday he won't go back. He has to stand up and fight every day. Even if he wins today, he disappears today, the Yetzirah. You still have to stand up and go every day. Just because you have a victory today doesn't mean you're safe tomorrow. you got to stand up and fight every day to be your own hero in your own life. You think about a king, Akira Sitzchak points out, 
How could he lead people if he can't control his own passions, his own needs, his own wants? He has to make sure it's done in the right manner. Hashem says you can have 18 wives. You can have X amount of horses. Shlomo Melk goes above and beyond. In the end of days, it says that his heart was turned. Really, it means his wives worship, but he didn't really chastise them. But no one is smarter than Hashem. A king has to be able to control himself to be able to control his people or to guide his people. If he can't guide himself in the right way, if he's not in charge of his right way, how could he be in charge of other people? If you're not able to take care of yourself, stand up and fight again and again, how could you be expected to lead anyone else? The hero makes sure to realize his evils are checked, anything involved in him is checked, and he has true heroism within him that he stands up and he risks whatever he needs to to fight the good fight every day. The Yetzirah, when we beat him, that's the real heroism on the battlefield. The battlefield of our own life, within our own souls, within our own houses, within our own apartments and our own dwellings. That's the hero who can control his baser instincts, according to the Kedas Yitzchak. The Talmud talks about the Baal Tshuva, we're going to look at in a second. That person is higher in some way than even the Tzadik Tzadik. Why? Because the Baal Tshuva was exposed, came higher, and now is on a higher level than the Tzadik who didn't even have that challenge to begin with. A saint wouldn't even be exposed to such a thing. A Baal is exposed, but gets higher, stands up, and, and, and moves up again and again. Shnei Lachota Brit points out that a person has to battle his Yetzirah, excelling in good deeds and character traits. That's the most important battle in your entire life, to fight for in your entire life. It's harder to change one Mida, they say, one virtue, one trait within you than to conquer any city, than to do anything physical, building a house, building a field. It's harder, it takes more strength of will, more inner courage, more inner virtue than anything else. That's the real battle. And if you win one day, that you win a you might want you might have won, excuse me, a minor battle, but you have failed to win the major battle, the battle with the evil urge. That is the real great battle. It is a never ending battle. We have to fight every day, every moment in our lives. And that brings us to our next point to take home, to carry over. A battlefield hero fights and then leaves, but the battle within us never ends. The inner hero within us needs to stand up, be brave, and destroy the inner struggles of our life every day to really be heroic. Look at this great Gemara in Brachos, one of my favorite Gemaras. Rabbi Avahu explains, Makom Shabali Chulun Omdim. We mentioned this before for a second. Sadiq and Gemurim Eno Omdim. In a place, Rabbi Avahu says, in the place where penitents, people that are Baal that stand up and, and came back from when they fell, they could stand higher than the fully righteous people. The, the place where the Baal stands, even the Sadiqim cannot stand, as the Pasuks explain. Psukim explain. Because someone who's a hero. He who could subdue his anger, he could uh, subdue his different character traits, subdue any temptation, any need, any one Hashem gives him and stand up and fight him. Even if he fell a hundred times or many times in the past, he could stand up today. That is the hero for today, as Mechbchar Hapanim explains, Hapaninim. Redeeming relevance explains also the hallmark of the Jewish people, of Jewish holiness, is... The humility. That's why Moshe himself is the most humble of all men. That's his description. He's given Ebed Hashem. The main things that are said about him in the Torah. He's the premier Jewish hero. Because he conquered the arrogance within him. As the story pointed out in the beginning. He conquered the covetousness. The jealousness. And the need for anything else. He conquered it. And that's why he's the real hero. He's the humble one. The most humble. Able to take his traits and change them. And make himself a real hero. Not just because he killed Og. And he killed Sihon. And he took them out of Mitzrayim. He split the Yamsuf did the Makos, the main thing that really we, re- we really key into the fact that he's a hero because of changing his inner traits more than anything else. As Redeeming Relevance points out in the dust, Sikanim also points out when, I, when Moshe was able to suppress his anger, different aspects of his life throughout the 40 years he led them, there were times that made him angry, but when he was able to suppress his anger, that's a great, the greatest proof of greatness because someone who could conquer his emotions as our introductory Perkelvis mission explained, that is the Gibor. That is the someone who could conquer his emotions. That's the someone that's really the hero. But the Shnei Luchotabris points out, when we see Tzadikim, we see righteous people, they subdue the evil inclination, the evil urge. That's true heroism. But really a good way to do it is not just to kill the evil urge, but to change it and to move it, to guide it into a better manner, subjugate it into a positive constructive activity someone who's normally jealous 
you're allowed to be jealous for the Chachamim. Kenat Sofrim, Kenat Chachamim, jealous that other people have more Torah than you is okay because it leads you to do more mitzvahs, to do more learning. Or Chatzadikim says that jealousy is a bad quality, but when you use it to channel yourself as a noble quality to envy those who revere Hashem, those who know more than you, those who learn more than you, those who are more Torah and mitzvahs and chesed, that spurns you to do more, to be more of a hero in your own life, that is a good thing. You channel the energy into your own life. That brings us to another point to take home and carry over. Sometimes it is a better thing to channel the inner struggles for good rather than try to defeat it outright. For example, if you have such a passion to talk with others, you have such a need, an urge, a desire to just speak ad nauseum, ad, ad infinitum to other people, and you just love gossip, you love juiciness, then your measure, your heroism might be taking that evil speech and changing it to good speech. We know that the Beit HaMikdash, the base of Mikdash was destroyed because of Sinachin, because of Lashon Hara. So my solution, which is not my solution, many commentators in Mepharshim, the sages of the Torah and the Talmud say the solution is if it was destroyed in, if it was destroyed in the the base of Mikdash because of Sinachinam, then it was brought back because of Ahavat Chinam. So if we lose something because of Sinam Chinam, then we have to bring it back with Ahavat Chinam. And the way to do Ahavat Chinam is to do it with Lashon Tov, to make sure that we talk nicely, we make sure to talk in the right way, we make sure to, to deal with other people in the right way, we make sure to try to establish ourselves and use good words, talking to other people in the right way, talking to other people with the right words. Lashon Tov could be the way to bring the Avad Chinam, the way to bring the wonderful way of rebuilding the base of Migdash, doing such a simple thing, such as talking in the right way, using Lashan Tov is the solution. Use your, your need for speech in the right way, in a good way. The Shnei Luchotabrit also points out that unless you have such passions, you can't have the reward of suppressing them. You have to be able to, to have it to begin with, then you suppress it. That's how you're better than the other level. That's how we know that you could suppress them. That's how we know you could get to a higher level than the tzaddik because you have them to begin with. You have to be able to... You have to be able to understand that you have to be able to uh, understand, and I apologize, I realized that landline got cut off, I called back in, sorry about that, but you have to realize that you have to have the, the needs, the wants to begin with to be able to qualify for suppressing them. If you don't have them to begin with, you won't get the reward as much. And then the Tivat Olam also explains, someone who's slow to anger is mightier because he stands like a hero, he's not easily excited. You rule and conquer your spirit, then is the one who's greater. He has the material, he has the need, he conquers his spirit to be someone who's greater. That's the quality. Shnei also points out the true hero is the one that can control his rage, control his temper, meaning he has a temper to begin with. He has a rage to begin with. Once he has the rage, he learns how to control it. That is the real hero. The Kedush HaTzlevi also points out sometimes we don't have the element within us and we have to acquire it. Like Avraham, he didn't have Gevura to begin with in some aspect, in some small level. He had Chesed, of course, but he had to work on himself to have Gevura. The bravery and heroism needed to have to tackle the issue of sending away Yishma, which was anathema to his nature, having to sacrifice Yitzchak, which was anathema to his nature, but he did it. He got the Gevura, he worked in it, he became his own hero in many ways. He had to acquire it. And Lahabdil, the idea is sometimes we're given lots in life, sometimes we're given aspects in life, different traits in life, different things in life we don't like, we don't want, but that's what we're given. The, this philosopher Socrates said, Lahabdil, if all of our misfortunes were laid out in one common area, where everyone must take back an equal portion, most people, and a lot of people would say, all people would be content to take back their own and depart. That's the idea of everyone putting their pekalach on the table, whatever issues, whatever struggles, whatever terrible things in life, they put their own life on the, on the table, they would take it back. Because when you see everyone else's life, everyone else's traits, everyone else's struggles, you're like, whoa, this is what Hashem gave to me, this is what I need to do, this is what's in, born inside me, that's how I could be my own hero. That brings us to another point. Sometimes we're given struggles so we could become better specifically because of them. Every person would take back the pekalach, whatever was on the table, we would keep it. Some traits we inherently have, but some we must work on getting them in our life and, 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 and bring them into our life and bring them inside our souls to become that hero. 
You think about the message of the spies, the idea of the Miraglim. I have the whole source for you here. We're not going to read the whole thing. The spies come back, 12 of them, from perusing the land. They go look 40 days at the land, the whole breadth of the land. But they had the crazy audacity to say how they looked in the, in the giant's eyes. How did they know how they looked in the giant's eyes? My wife pointed me out to this term, to this uh, source, to this idea. You look at the word in the middle of the psukim, it says FS. And my wife points this out, kudos to her. FS, it says zero. They felt like nothing. So if you already have a lack of self-confidence, if you're already self-conscious, you already have self-esteem issues, you know that the, the, the nation is sending you to peruse the land, you feel such pressure, you feel like there's so much weighing on your shoulders, how could you not feel so intimidated by people around you? They say in the Pasuk, we look at the land, the land is good, but, Vishamra inu es hanefilin b'nei anak, min hanefilin v'nehi b'einenu kachagavim v'chein ha'inu b'einehem. We looked like grasshoppers to ourselves. How in the world would the spies know what they look like to themselves? How could you tell me what I look like to myself? Maybe you could say I'm smaller than the giant, but don't tell me what I myself look like to myself. It shows an inherent lack of self-worth, an inherent lack of self-esteem. They felt minuscule to themselves. Even if there were no giants in the land, it could be they might have felt self-esteem issues themselves. Again, pointed out by my wife, but Yoshua ben Nun and Kale ben Yefuna said, What are you talking about? Hashem gave us this land. This is our land. Hashem, Yilachem Lachem. Hashem will fight for us. He will wage war for us. Have some self worth. Have some self esteem. We're not minuscule. We're not grasshoppers. Right? We might not be as tall as them, but it doesn't matter height. Strength and courage and bravery on the battlefield comes from Hashem. Hashem will take care of them. The Miraglin felt like a zero. But Kalev and Yifuna said, remember, you could be a hero. Negate the zero. Become your own hero. Had they realized it, the tragic folly of the spies, had they listened to themselves and to their comrades, Yoshua and Kalev, not influenced by what they thought the Bnei Yisrael wanted to hear, not influenced having evil speech and evil thought in their hearts to begin with, if they would have had the true hero element fighting the inner urge to speak Lashon Hara, then they could have been the hero. Yoshua and Kalev are the only ones from the entire generation that last, besides for the children obviously, they go into Eretz They negated the zero. They knew that they weren't zeros. They knew they were valued. They knew they fought and they stood with the Torah and Hashem. They knew Hashem would take care of them. They knew they had inherent heroism inside of them. What a tragedy in the way that we're explaining it. What a tragedy that the Miraglim didn't have that. We have to negate the perception, negate the zero, and find, become our own hero. That brings us to another point. Unfortunately, our perception of ourselves can be so faulty. We could feel like zeros in our own eyes, in our own lives. We must realize we should be heroes to ourselves. Heroes to our, for ourselves. We must realize we fight the good fight. We are our own heroes. Even if you fall a hundred times, we're going to talk about it in a minute, you still get up and try, try, try again. I talk about this on the other shows also. We tend to think of people as black and white. They're either all good or all bad. Yeah, he's a really bad person. Maybe he does some good things. Or he's a really good person, but he does some very many bad things. But really, it's shades of gray. People are not black. People are not white. People have black and white. Every, every good deed is white. Every bad deed is black. A person has a lot of colorfulness of black and white. We hope there's a lot more white than black. Really, by inherent nature, people are very good and they could do some bad things, some very bad things. Doesn't mean that they're a bad person. We tend to hate people for their deeds, rather for their themselves, hate people themselves for their, just because they have a view, we tend to hate the person instead of hating the deed, hating the speech, hating the action, hate the action, not the person. When it comes to politics especially, I'm not a political person, but people, Democrats, Republicans, come at each other's throats and they hate each other. Why not respectfully disagree on views? Why turn to violence? What does it mean you become so enraged at that person because of their views? It makes no sense. A person themselves can have a view, can have an action, but it doesn't mean that they're inherently the bad person. If a person is a model citizen in his entire life, but at the end of his life, he loses all his money and he steals from his neighbors so he has, he has a little bit of bread, is he a horrible person for his entire 120 years on this earth? Or was he a good person that at the end had to do some, did some bad things? We
we tend to think of him and, and only overemphasize that one bad thing, the one bad element in his life, the one the bad thing he struggles with. They say he's a drug addict. We don't like to use those terms, especially in OT land and wet land. He's someone that he's he's a cerebral palsy kid. He's an autism kid. Why do we label people by the one aspect of them they have difficulty with? Would we ever say that he is a, he's a mansion holder? Or is he a person that happens to have a mansion? It's a person that happens to have autism. It's a person that struggles with addiction. A person that struggles with his drinking, struggles with his gambling, struggles with his smells, struggles with his lush and hara. Don't say he's a lush and hara person. Then you're, you're negating the person. You're labeling the person down to one aspect of their entire life. How rude, how mean, how condescending. Would you ever like it if someone told you and labeled you down to one aspect of your entire life? It's so... It's, it's labels. It's, it's not in the aspect of person-first language. We talk about this a lot on the OT show also. We have to use people-first, person-first language. It's not a handicapped kid. It's not a wheelchair kid. It's not a Down syndrome kid. It's a child that happens to have Down syndrome. A child that happens to have a wheelchair. Use a wheelchair. A child that happens to have a disability. Oh, look at that fat person walking down. No, it's someone that struggles with weight issues. You think they want to be defined as fat? You think they want to be defined as someone who struggles with overeating? No, it's one aspect. How could you look at the person and automatically judge them on one thing they struggle with, for sure struggle with in their entire life, and say that's the whole essence of a person? We have to realize the proper perceptions of ourselves. Realize the proper perceptions of others, not judge them. Take the whole person into account. And that itself is also heroic. Fight the good fight when looking at others. Don't label others. Don't judge others. Give them Give them Give them the benefit of the doubt. You don't know the whole story. You don't realize the whole essence of the person. Just because you see one thing doesn't mean they are that one thing. Sanhedrin points out, Antinanus asked Rav Yudanasu, when does the evil inclination come to a person? So the answer, the evil inclination comes to a person when they're born. Can you imagine? The evil inclination is such a head start, like the tortoise and the hare, over the good inclination by 13 years. The evil inclination gets all those years. My Jewish learning points out the 14th year, when you finally become bar mitzvah, for a girl bat mitzvah, that's when the Yetzirah, the Yetzirah Tov finally comes, excuse me. Finally, then the light of intelligence appears. Then it becomes a bar mitzvah. But for 13 years... The Yetzirah had an advantage over you. How crazy, how unfair. Jewish spiritual hearers points out, Hashem gave us good and evil, and He gave us the power to control them. But from birth, we have the Yetzirah. That's why there's so often, it could be that kids do such crazy things. It looks like cruel things. Kids can be very cruel. They don't have that Yetzirah balancing them out so much. It only comes when their Yetzirah comes when their Bar Mitzvah, Bar Mitzvah. You have to struggle. And you finally get a little bit of an advantage, a little bit of an even playing field when their Bar Mitzvah. As the Jewish spiritual heritage points out, words of, words of peace and truth also show that you have to work at it. You have to implant in your heart and the ideas and you have to work at what you were raised with. Nature and nurture comes together. You might have been raised in a crazy society, in a crazy house, a crazy community. You have to work at all those years that chipped away at your being and finally right the wrong of how you may have been raised, how you may have been influenced. You know, if you're raised in a, in a terribly abusive family, that is not the proper family aspect that is not a normal relationship you have to work at it and balance it out take away your nature and nurture if a person was raised among gamblers that's not a normal situation he has to figure out remove from his heart the way he was raised and find the proper way to balance it and get rid of all those things and use it for good towards historic Judaism also points out there's heroism in living in Gullis because we have to endure and have faithfulness to the Torah in such a crazy society such a crazy life Hashem gives us a nature, we point out, as the points carry over, and a nurture to fight the evil within us and around us. We have to use them both for good, to fight internal and external battles. Those that will be remembered, the Radak points out, are the ones that were heroic and their time and they live on forever. We think about all the people, the courageous people throughout history, they stood up to the government. They stood up to their internal battles, their, their internal situations. Those are the ones that remember and are remembered. Redeeming Relevance points out Avram himself subordinate his will to Hashem like we talked about with Yishmael sending him away Sefer Dvarim points out when it means heroic when it means waging war it's talking about with Torah the war of Torah using Torah to fight your battles to spread good in the world giving and taking in the war of Torah 
and between yesterday and tomorrow also points out our our fighting, the way we fight in this world is not with tanks. It's not with air forces. It's all from Hashem. You come out with me with sticks and stones, but we come with the word of Hashem. I believe that comes from Tehillim or from Talmud. We come out. Judaism is a spiritual power. Using the Torah is the way we come out. And Yaakov points out, one who conquers his spirit, that's the heroic man using the mitzvahs, using the Torah, not because of the reward, but because it's the right thing to do. Torah Historic Judaism also points out, we have to realize and be determined not to bow down to alien forces, be heroic in our life, in our house, in our community, not to succumb to the crazy morals, quote-unquote, really lack of morals, that society has. Just look at what is considered appropriate for different movies, different TV shows, craziness that our ancestors would balk at, and even books, movies, everything, magazines, it's craziness in this generation. We can't succumb to what they believe is the right law, what they believe is the right morality, quote-unquote. You have to go by the morality of the Torah, sacrifice according to what Hashem says, that's heroic in an alien environment. Heroism in Torah, another point to carry over, is standing up for your beliefs, standing up for Torah, mitzvot, chesed, even in alien, gullet society. And using a restraint, going against the grain of existence, that's Gevura, as Flames of Faith explains. That's added strength. Even Yoshua had to be told this. It's told it to him many times, I think maybe even five, six, or seven times by Moshe and Hashem. Be strong and courageous. He was so scared, I guess, on some level to stand up to what Moshe did when he led the people. But he did, obviously, a great job bridging Moshe and the Shoftim. And he had to stay in Mike not to turn right or left. And Rashi points out that means Torah, staying in accordance with the learned laws of Torah. And Brachos points out that many things need the ability to stand up and need chizuk, like Torah. Masim tovim tefillah derech eretz. They need constant effort, constant heroism to work on ourselves, to improve our Torah, improve our good deeds, and our traits, our prayer and occupation, especially as this pasuk by Yeshua explains. And our point to carry over here is that sometimes we need heroism, sometimes we need strength to fulfill the Torah words under tough conditions and life situations. But my favorite, favorite pasuk we're about to talk about is coming up. Sometimes we have to realize we may fall again and again. we got to get right back up. As Lahavda Lahavda, that song goes. You get knocked back down, you get back up right again. Or Achaim points out the righteous consider preoccupation with Torah as acts of star- courage and fruits of insight. Lukute Maran for Lazar G. Part 2 talks about how a person needs determination to be strong and courageous, to hold on, maintain his position, even if he falls time and again. He has to do whatever he can in the service of Hashem and not let himself to fall again and again entirely, God forbid. Because you have to rise again. Even when you fall, you rise. The language of Chazal is it's downward motion for upward motion. You can either go up or you go down. I was once told this, I think in a Muslim Shmuz and Ration maybe. There's no stagnation. There's no going straight. You're either rising in Yahadud and spirituality or falling. Make sure you're rising. Even if you fall time and again, you get right back up. Because my favorite Patsik in Mishle, Kisheva Yipot Tzadik Vekam. Seven times the righteous man falls and he gets right back up. Even if he falls seven times or seven thousand times, seven million times, whatever you struggle with, you get right back up and do it again. Because you have to have that mighty and courageous heart and face your obstacles, as the Lakutirat Maharan points out. You get a grip on yourself, you get a grip on your life, you remain steadfast in your devotions, and you fight the good fight. Even if we fall, the point to carry over again and again and again. We must try and get up again and again and again. You cannot stay down, you try again. Even if you had the next restaurant, the next restaurant, you smelled it again and again and again, you try again and again. Even if you fail, you try, 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 try again. Famous phrase goes. Monsieur Sushan points out, your nature might tell you to take revenge also. This is a different trait to work on. Even if someone wrongs you, someone says something, does something to you, you have to fight your nature for revenge and not take the, the revenge against the person. Not getting the vengeance, you have the opportunity to do so. Be courageous, Shemonik Vatsim explains. Don't fall to the evil, even if it seems righteous indignation, righteous anger, Rabbi Foreman talks about on Tishabab. You think you have righteous rage? It's never righteous. You have to stop it. Don't take the anger, don't take the revenge on the other person. You have to be orderly, gain perfection with perfection. Be courageous of heart, Sefer Yasha points out. Don't listen to those who entice or compel you to forsake Hashem. Stand up in the face of adversity. That brings us to another point. Overcoming the need for revenge or retribution is another act of heroism to take within yourself. We say every morning in the brachos, Baruch Hashem, 
Ozer Yisrael Begavura, please, Hashem, give us the courage, give us the strength to stand up to everyone around us. The Shev Shmatza points out, because we need strength, we need courage to be involved in Torah and awe, especially in our society. Sefer Karm talks about in his own introduction, I need courage, I need strength to accomplish my purpose, to give me the way of truth. It's not always so easy, it's not always so simple. Duties of the heart shows that we need courage to meet the enemies of the Lord, to wage war against them, and to teach them the right way. People learn from us, we're supposed to be in If we teach those around us the proper morality through the Torah, that is the Kiddush Hashem, that is heroism. Qualities of the soul is courage, Sefer Yasha points out. You've got to be courageous of heart in the service of Hashem. The Mahsar also points out in Yom Kippur, nobility of spirit and courage to fulfill Hashem's will, that is courageous, that is a hero. Between yesterday and tomorrow also points out the idea of being a dreamer. The dreaming Jew, that is the one that will list. That is the one that will live with faith, ideals, courage, and character. Not the realistic, the idealistic one. You have to take the dreamer. Sometimes take your surroundings, even though realistically it doesn't look good. You dream and you envision a beautiful world and try to get that. And Torah to Rose, Judaism also points out, we're determined as Jews to realize, even in antagonistic forces, defy them. Be heroic, be determined to make the world better, starting with yourself. Courage means to stand up to the inner and outer battles of your life especially when wrongs are perpetrated. Between yesterday and tomorrow also continues, we need dreamers, we need vision and faith, bring sacrifice to realize dreams. We don't even think about the powers around us, we need to take courage to follow in the spirit of the policies of our own faith, a religious faith, looking for the Jewish right, only accepting justice in the Jewish way, dreaming to fix the whole world. We talked about last time in Tikkun Olam, making the world a better place. We need courage to face the world, making justice done everywhere to all the Jewish people, to everyone around us, using our heroicism, our our heroic elements, as Torah Historic Judaism points out, also saying we need courage to face all of our experiences, take our experiences in our life and learn from them, use it for the best. That brings us to another point. We should use our courage not only to work on our struggles, but to stand up for what we believe in, carry Torah ideals to the world, which enhances our heroism. Shnei Luchot Abrin also points out, perfect your body to carry out the actions. We're supposed to take the mundane and elevate to the spiritual. That's the main thing in the world. We take grape juice. We talk about it in the other show also. And we raise it by saying a bracha. We give it holiness. We take our body. We do mitzvahs with it. We raise it to the holiness. And we bring it to do wonderful things. Even eating, sleeping, walking, moving about should be done to have a healthy body, to use it to do the mitzvahs of Hashem. To bring good things to the body, bring good things to the world. Pursuing the good things for the noble, noble purposes, not just going through life and and eating to to living to eat. You gotta eat to live, not live to eat. You gotta live to do things, and not just do things for doing things. Doing things to make things wonderful in this world. Everything we have, our smartphones, our technology, should be used for Torah. Zoom and Google Meet. Who knew about that before? Now so much Torah, so much Jewish music, so many wonderful things and ideas and activities in a Jewish way are done with them. You can use everything in your life for good. That is a real heroism. Taking a podcast, there's so much schmutz out there, but using a podcast like we try to do and everyone else should do, giving shiurim, talking, writing, and Torah ways, that's heroism. Taking your aspects, your traits, using it for good. And the Rambam, of course, points out the main aspect of the way of life, besides for anger and arrogance, is the medium course of action. Weighing your conduct and making sure you go the middle path. Don't eat too much or too little. Don't sleep too much or too little. Excuse me, except for anger and arrogance. We're supposed to banish them completely. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar points out noble character traits, impressing on your children these virtues, that is heroism too. That's what a real hero is, having the noble deeds, the noble traits, fighting the good fight against the Yetzirah, graciousness. Mr. Yossi Sharman Orchid Sadiqim points out a good quality found in the noble and precious soul. Effort that we put to obtain out of Judaism is the law of life, making it a good, practical, truthful life. So to do and to practice to make the world a better place. When we see the soul as noble, there's many good qualities to see for Yasha points out. Because another point is the noble traits and noble characters are elements of a true hero as well. Kezas Yitzhak points out the morality is just self-restraint. Hashem gives us the ways to do things in the halachically right way. Being with our families, being with our spouses, being with using our words wisely, it's all supposed to be done in a self-restraint and a proper way. Sefer Ikarn points out, it's more noble and more worthy when we do things all for the service of Hashem. Man and God also points out, we do it not just for our own sake, but for holiness. We take things and we elevate them to the spiritual. We take the mundane, we take the practical things and we make them spiritual and beautiful. Contemporary halakhic problems also takes that we talk about the fact that man has dust and also spiritual and we combine them. 
We have a nefesh of Bahami and a nefesh of Sikhli. We're supposed to try to channel ourselves to the nefesh of Sikhli, the spiritual, doing as much as we can. The behemoth wants to eat, wants to sleep. The soul wants to yearn and strive. We have to find the balance and do more Sikhli than Bahami. The improvement of more Claudius talks about how we have noble souls. We're wakeful, watchful. We have to do judgment, using them the right way. And also, we shouldn't be envious, another trait that's not good. Charisma should be good. Use it for noble ends. Another trait to work on. Redeeming love. It explains. And Jewish spiritual heroes also tells us that happy is the man who sees his parents doing noble work. When you do a job, when you do an occupation that can let you work on your traits and let you bring good to the world, that also is an amazing thing. When you love to do what you do, and you do what you love with noble and holy acts, using your power within you to better everything around you, that allows you to be a hero as well. Now we're just going to wrap up the last two minutes with our points to carry over. Thank you so much for staying with us. The true definition of a hero is one who's fighting the good fight within himself to overcome his struggles with character and conviction and not physical strength alone. The real hero is one fighting the internal battles no one knows about. A battlefield hero fights and then leaves and he goes home. The inner hero always stands up, is brave, and destroys his struggles every day, even if he falls. Sometimes it's better to channel the inner struggles for good rather than try to defeat it. Use your passion for speaking instead of Lush and Hara for Lush and Tom. Bring Avachinim to rebuild the third Beit HaMikdash. Sometimes we're given struggles to become better because of them. We would keep our own Pekalach if we put them on the table. Some traits we have, some traits we have to work on. Sometimes our perception of ourselves are very faulty. We could feel like zeros in our own eyes, like the Miraglim. We must realize to fight the good fight, to be our own heroes. Hashem gives us a nature and a nurture from birth to fight the evil within and around us. Use it for good, to fight the internal and external battles. Heroism in Torah means standing up for your beliefs, even in alien Gullet society. We realize even if we fall again and again and again, we must get up and try again and again and again. Overcoming need for revenge and retribution is also... Heroism, courage is standing up to the inner and outer battles of your life, especially when wrongs are done. Use courage to work on inner struggles and also what we believe in, Karatora ideals to the world to enhance our heroism. Use everything in your life for good, even your smartphones, your cars, your houses. That's real heroism too. Noble traits and noble character are elements of a true hero as well. Love what you do and do what you love with noble and holy acts. Use your power within you to better everything around you. That allows you to be a true hero as well. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed. We'll see you back here, God willing, inevitably on her Mir Tashem in two weeks, 8.30 here on the bi-weekly lecture series with Reb T. And I'm your host, Reb T.